Welcome back, everybody. Time again for another episode of Rising Tide Changemakers, where we share the stories of unique individuals who bring big ideas to life, advance knowledge, build companies, and put meaningful change into motion. With the man, well, he tries to do that every time he's here. We'll see if he succeeds today. Greg Weiss, hey. Welcome, uh, listeners. I'm super excited about today's episode. I have a legend with us today, the OG Arabian Prince, founding member of the legendary rap group NWA, soundtrack of my youth, I might add, (laughs) uh, for which he was elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. OG Arabian Prince is a songwriter, a rapper, a music producer, DJ, entrepreneur, and tech investor. Now, on Rising Tide Changemakers, we usually like to focus in on the Orange County ecosystem. Today, though, Arabian Prince is a special guest because the stuff that he's doing is so important and so impactful, and just it hits exactly the goals of Beale Applied Innovation, the uh, group out of UCI that produces our show. So I really am excited to talk to him today. Um, One more quick introduction. Arabian Prince was influenced musically by his mother, a classically trained pianist, and then technologically by electronics that his father and his uncles were bringing home. Uh, His father was a talk radio DJ. And then um, Arabian Prince developed these passions and went on to co-found NWA, produced and created music. He's currently a DJ, still creating music. And why he's here today, because he's also created and invested in tech companies, in the music, entertainment, and gaming industries. So without further ado, welcome Arabian Prince, and let's just get started by telling us about you. Oh yeah, well thanks for having me, and uh, always a pleasure to be out here in beautiful Irvine, California. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so let me see, where where, where should we start? How far back should we go? I really am fascinated by this story where you're a little kid and you and the legends of like Ice-T and Dr. Dre just start getting together and playing music together. And then it turns into one of the most pioneering musical groups of all time. Oh, yeah. So let's go back. I was born a poor black child. No, that, wait, 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 that's the movie The Jerk. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wrong script. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, I was born and raised in Compton. Uh, I'm an only child. Um I had a mother that was very overprotective of me that kept me in Catholic school from the time I was a kindergartner until the time <laughs> I graduated. So she thought that was the safest place for me in Compton. But what she didn't realize is Catholic schools were probably worse than public schools because public schools, the teachers and the principals and the faculty, they were hip to all of the stuff that was going on in the inner cities in mm-hmm. the hood. But Catholic schools, the priests and the nuns, they had no clue what was going on. So we got away <laughs> with all kind of stuff. So anyway, I had fun. Growing up in Compton, you know, mom's very overprotective. I had uncles and cousins that were eh, a little shady and did a lot of the dirt in the streets. So my mother didn't want me to be like them. And my uncles and cousins Smart. didn't want me to be like them mm-hmm. either. And I was more scared of my uncles and cousins than anybody in the street. So whatever they told me to do, I did. And, you know, it paid off in the long run because they kept me out of trouble. But at the same time, they showed me a lot of things that I would have never seen. Like um, when they went off to the military, they would come back with ham radios. And my cousin came home one day with a big briefcase and he opens it up. And there was this thing in there called an ARP 2600. And it was a big synthesizer with all these, you know, wires and cables that you had to plug into the LFO and the VCAs to get sound out of. Wow. And being a little kid, I thought I was a mad scientist. 
Wow, cutting edge technology. So it's the early synthesizers, right? Yes, yes. And this was like late 70s or wow. mid 70s when I really wow. got to play with this stuff as a kid and it opened my mind to so many things. And so when uh, your buddies were looking for someone to create sounds for them, yeah. that was you. That was me because I had already done this as a kid playing around and you know, started messing around with um, turntables mm -hmm. in my father's radio station. Um, he worked at a radio station called K-Ace and he had a talk radio show. And on Sunday, it was all talk radio, right? Wow. So uh -huh. the DJs weren't in the control room. So I would sit in the opposite control room playing with the records. And back then they had carts. You put like, looked like an eight track. For you young people out there, um, an eight track is this box and it's got tape in it and you plug it into this other thing and music comes out magically. <laughs> um, but anyway, I would play with that stuff and make my own mixtapes. And I would take them to school and sell uh -huh. them for like five bucks and, you know, get money. So really early entrepreneurship that yeah. continues to this day. Oh, yeah. I had to eat. I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and you told me that you got your original car, right? Your first car through, I forget how, how it is that you yeah. managed to raise so, money for your first yeah, car. Yeah, I was 15 and a half. I uh -huh. had my little driver's permit. And yeah. I was like, I'm about to turn 16. I need a car. So I need a job. And I was like, okay, I want to go to these parties. My mother wouldn't let me go to parties, you know. She didn't want me out at night. So I was like, you know what? If I become a DJ, I'm the first person at the party, the last one to leave. I'm getting paid, and nobody will laugh at me when That's my mom drives me to the party. You know, <laughs> oh, your mom dropped you off at the party. Well, I got to bring my equipment. So yes. I became a DJ and, you know, made a little money doing that, saved up money, and then I got a job. My first job was at a shoe store in Inglewood putting shoes on old ladies. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and you really that I really was, teaches you how to sell. And, I was uh, Al Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's uh, and you know you're constantly innovating today. Yes, is there something from that early life that uh, led you to believe that there's some better way of doing of, of seeing the universe differently than other people? You know what? Yes. So when I got into the whole synth thing and, mm -hmm. and into ham radios and then CB radios and electronics, I was really intrigued by that and. My uncle had a large vinyl record collection, right? And he really got me into Parliament Funkadelic, oh, you know, that's Prince. great music. And there was this one group that he had with these German dudes. And I was like, why are you listening to German guys? And mm -hmm. he played it for me, and it was Kraftwerk. Oh, that I changed Kraftwerk. my life. You know, uh -huh. Man Machine, Trance Europe mm -hmm. Express, Computer Love, Computer Power, computer all world. that. Computer yep. World, yeah, yes. all of that stuff. It changed my life. And I'm mm -hmm. like, then I, my mother, I never told my mother this, but when I was young on the weekends, I would stay with my uncle and they went to a Parliament Funkadelic concert at oh, the Forum wow. when I was, you know, it was like 77, oh, 78. The height of their, it was a uh, P-Funk tour, the landing wow. of the mothership. And I actually saw the mothership land and I was like <laughs> this little kid, like, I want to do that. Like, wow. I want to be on stage. So you're like 12 years old at yeah, that Yeah, and, and I said, I want to do that. And next thing I know, I was doing that. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so then uh, let's skip ahead. Yeah. Um, today, you're uh, a leader and very vocal and active in support of your programs and pro of programs that bridge technology gaps yeah. for kids like yourself, yeah. right? For underrepresented, underserved communities. Tell us about some of those projects. What are you passionate about these days? So I work with a lot of schools. I travel around the country speaking at schools and um, working with inner city kids to kind of show them that things are easy mm -hmm. because they spend their whole life in schools where teacher tells them, this is hard. Like, you know, this is hard. Your parents like, oh, you can't do that. That's too hard. Or you can't understand this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
I'm a I'm from Compton. I'm an only child. I was a rapper. Mm-hmm. I was all of these things. And I figured out how to code. I figured out how to do animation. I, I've owned an animation company, a video game company. I have a, you know, a PC company now. And I've done all of these things that I self-taught myself and made a lot of money. So I want to show these kids in the inner cities that you can do the same thing, too. And especially now, because it's so much more easy, because when you want to do something, you go, okay, Google, how to build a rocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? And That's Go- right. Google tells you. That's right. So we didn't have Google back in the day, but now you can pretty much do anything that you put your mind to. And if you don't know the information, the information mm-hmm. is right in front of you. But okay, so here's the thing. Is it better to get that information right away or to be that kid who's in, you know, as you described, plugging wires between yeah. this thing and that thing and just doing a million experiments? Because yeah. if you're that kid who's doing a million experiments, you come up with something wholly original. Bingo. Right? Yeah. And that's NWA, right? You yeah. had a sound that was totally unique yeah. that captured uh, the, it captured the zeitgeist of a generation, really, to be blunt. And if you just watch a video, then you just get something that someone else has already done. Well, so. you know what I think? These kids, some of the kids are very innovative. And uh-huh. I think they watch these videos as kind of like, to get that idea. Okay. That's even better. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Because yes. I even do it now. Like, I'm old. You know, I admit it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm AARP old. Yeah. I'm at the point now where when I want to figure out something, like when I got into 3D, 3D printing, I'm like, I want to prototype stuff. And I'm like, hmm, 3D printing. So I went to YouTube and I started looking at it. And I'm like, okay, that's not that hard. I bought a 3D printer and I was like, that's kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I started playing, like I said, doing my own little test and playing with things. And yes. I failed. And then I failed. And I figured mm-hmm. it out. And I was like, okay. And I think kids do the same thing. And every now and then you hear about some young person comes up with this new, innovative, amazing thing. And I just want to inspire kids in the inner city to let them know that there's more ways out of the ghetto. There's more ways out of the hood than basketball and entertainment or rapping or drugs or something else. I love that. You can do whatever you want to do. So there's an incredible undertapped potential, right? Yes. Of people who have a scrappiness and a want to prove themselves. Yes. Right? That we're, we as a society are missing. So what do we do? Get them out. Like, like I said, I try to take the kids out of their neighborhoods and show them Google, show them different places mm-hmm. and go, look at this. You know, like, yeah, you like little Uzi Vert and the baby and they got the Bentleys and the Ferraris, mm-hmm. but guess what? See that guy right there? Oh yeah, he's an engineer at Google. Yeah. He's driving the McLaren. That's a three hundred thousand dollar car, and he's you know he's doing this. So and he's just as creative, just he's as doing, creative, yeah. and you know science. And as we talked about, mm-hmm. you showed me the lab earlier. Yes, you put kids in the lab, they can open their minds and create amazing things. And I, you just got to show them the stuff is there because they've never seen it before. That's you it. Know, it's about showing them. Mm-hmm. So it's about building bridges. Yes. That uh, show people kind of the end of the rainbow. Oh yeah. And where their their creativity can take them. That's not what they expect. Oh right? yeah. They, yeah. So do you have any success stories that you could tell us uh, about some of your recent projects? You know. Oh uh, yeah. Recent inventions, companies, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. So you know, right before COVID hit, um, I, I go. I'm a um, what would you call it? I I hop conventions i'm at every <laughs> every tech convention on planet earth from siggraph to ces to nab to nam i'm everywhere uh-huh. right and i met this guy it's an interesting hobby by the way just going to tech conventions because you got to see what's out there ah. and i'm Willy wonka so uh-huh. you know i walk around and i'm going hmm that's interesting well, that's been done before oh that's interesting and i go down into like the the China Pavilion. Yes. The Taiwanese Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And I go walk around down there and you see some strange stuff. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, 
okay, can I, what if I take that and plug it into that? Can it do this? And they go, yes. I'm like, interesting. So uh -huh. I met a guy like that. He had a chip that would scale and upscale video to 4K in near real time. And so super high resolution. Super high resolution. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, what are you doing with this? And he said, oh, I got this in a cable and we're doing this with it. I'm like, how's it doing? He's like, eh, you know, yeah. I said, I got an idea. I said, what if we make this for video games? Oh, and neat. Let sure, me redesign everyone it. wants resolution for yes. video games. And I'm like, let me redesign Brilliant. it into something mm -hmm. that looks cool and hip. Mm -hmm. We came up with this thing called M Classic. And it's a dongle yeah. that plugs into your Xbox, your PS4, your PS5. It'll plug into your Nintendo Switch. And it'll upscale the resolution to so, 4K. That's amazing. So it's it's sucking up all of the graphics yes. processing and then somehow putting it through yeah. this engine that changes. Yeah, and that spits is... it out in 4K and it looks amazing. Wow. So we've sold a lot of those things. It's been very successful. Mm -hmm. And that's what I try to do. I, I try to take products that are already out there that do other things and you know, repurpose them for, you know, markets that I want to be in. I love it. I also liked how you described walking through conventions. It's the same way I walk through my laboratory. Yeah. Yeah. I go through the lab. I talk to people and I, I look at what they're doing and I try to think of, oh, you know, there's some side thing there. I think that's the essence of creativity. Oh, it is. Right. You're taking some idea that's used for X and you're repurposing it for A, B, and C. Yeah. That's really exciting. I call it the ooh factor because I walk around and I go, ooh. <laughs> ooh, 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 hold on, hold on, what's that? You know, and, and if I if, if it hits me like that, yes, I know there's something there. And I'm, I'm always wondering, how come this is not successful? And a lot of times it could just be marketing. Yes. Like, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like, what do they call it? You put uh, nail polish on a pig or lipstick on a pig. You know, they it's make it look, a pig. that's all it is. Yes. But, you know, why do certain things sell and other things don't? And it's just... A lot of it is marketing, the way it looks, right. how it functions. You're using it for something that it should be used for something else. It's, it's very simple most of the time. So yeah, that's what I kind of get into. So, so your insight is um, both a combination of what the markets are, yep. and then also knowing if you take technology from this column and put it together with something, a need in this column, then you could solve an unsolved problem. Oh yeah. That's that's your your MO. Your Bingo. And like, I, you know, I'm gonna give a, this is not a, uh, a shameless plug for a company I get no money for endorsing no, them whatsoever, but it's just like that company I showed you earlier, Golf Kicks. Yes. They were like, hey, we're going to put golf spikes on regular shoes. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I put golf spikes on my Kobe's. So and, now I've got, you're I'm the playing coolest golf. guy on the golf Dude, course I'm now. Playing, <laughs> I'm playing golf with Kobe Bryant basketball shoes on. And, and everybody's like, where'd you get those? I'm like, yeah, I got to hook up. <laughs> so <laughs> shout out to the only person on the golf course. It doesn't look like a goofball. Yeah, but it, they made something functional. That yes. Was right in your face. Right. If you go back and look at, at Dre and Dr. Dre and Beats, Everybody's wearing headphones. That's right. Everybody had headphones. Yeah. But nobody made them fashionable. That's it. And, and they made weren't even necessarily better headphones, no. but they looked cool. They looked cool. That's it. Was it. A fashion play and they made billions. That's really cool. Okay. So as a self-described futurist, as someone who's yep. uh, recognized as a futurist, what are your predictions and hopes for future of music, uh, gaming, entertainment, anything, technology? I think things are going to be simplified even more because, you know, when we were coming up, games were very complex. Right very complex RPGs right. yes. or even, you know, other games, Call of Duty, whatever. Mm -hmm. They were very complex. Yeah, but you're seeing like a, a steep slope of mastery. Right. Now everything has been simplified, mm -hmm. right? If you look at a lot of people play very, I, I'm going to use rudimentary games like yes. Candy Crush. And these mm -hmm. are the biggest games out there, all the games from the company King. Yes. But then even the, the big games, your Fortnites and stuff like that, they're really simple now. 
there, there's not a lot to them. Yeah, they have it's a lot less moving parts. A lot less You're moving parts. You're not carrying as much equipment and because stuff like that. Because they want to suck you in. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The harder the game, the less interest from people. Right. There's only a very small amount of people that are really into these very complicated games. So mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of more simplicity, which I, I actually like because if you can simplify technology, you make it so that everyone has more access to it. So That's I want, right. you know, Apple did that with their operating system. Like, it's a great success, right? I'm a PC guy, yeah. and I'm very anti-Apple. I do uh-huh. use, I have an iPad, and I have a uh-huh. MacBook, but I'm a PC guy, because <laughs> I do. iPad, you have a MacBook? Yeah, yeah, but, I, half but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm one third, you know, <laughs> I'm still a PC guy, but uh-huh. I understand why people use their products, because right. they're very simple and easy to use. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, going back to the inner city, if we can make that available to kids in the inner city give them tools and technology that's easy to use they will be able to create things that no one else had ever thought of because yeah. they think differently that's right so like cad programs for example yeah, that are we simple about that. to use yeah simple cad programs uh-huh. and i talked to a cad company that wanted to get stuff in the inner city and they showed me some of their lessons and i was like kids don't want to make that like, right show a kid how to make a sneaker show a kid how to design clothing or, or car or something that they're mm-hmm. interested in then you got them but if you're trying to show them here make this house or make this thing they're eh, mm-hmm. not into that and who can blame them right but right. if i get to make sneakers that have right. never been invented and i can go work for nike like yes. if you tell them like if you master this you can go work for adidas or yes. nike and that's now you got that's em. the untapped potential that's the untapped right potential. that's what we're missing there you go i love it okay so now um you know, I love this idea that technology is getting simpler and that in turn empowers more and more people. Is that something you look for when you're considering investing in a company? Are you looking for empowering technology or simple technology or something that rings different? Like, how do you decide what to invest in? I'm, I think, I'm switching gears a little. Yeah, I think something that rings different for me. Also something that it doesn't have to like change the world or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm always about giving back, right? So when I deal with a company, I'm like, oh, let's, some of these proceeds got to go back you know, into inner city or some mm-hmm. type of charity or something. We always do stuff for St. Jude's hospitals and That's great. Other, other companies like that. Terrific but, organization. But it's got to be something that is different, that's outside the box for me. Like, you know, money's one thing, but it's got to be cool. It's got to be different. It's got to be something that, yeah, I can see there is a, a space for this. So I'm always looking for that niche mm-hmm. because it's hard to, like, why would I make that? Like, everybody's doing that. Right. Yes. Let me make something that's right in that wedge. Uh-huh. And I've captured a whole market space and I own that. And then, you know, this is a, a business secret of mine. So if, if you guys go out and do this, you're going to have to give me 25 <laughs> yeah, percent. Give us like, as know, many now. business I got attorneys. secrets as possible. Yeah. So I always say you build a company, uh-huh. you make this, make it you know successful, and then you build the same company and name it something else. So if I'm building a company called Green, yes, I'm going to build another company called orange and do the same thing and compete with green because what's going to happen is somebody's going to build a company to compete with you. Somebody may not like green. They may not like your logo. They may not like, Oh, they're from Wisconsin. I'm not Uh going to buy their stuff. So you build another company and you put it in Dallas and then, okay, I'm going to go with that company. So I usually try to make the same company two or three times and compete with myself. Wow. Yeah. And when you, when you do these investments, you're also looking for a chance for you to apply your unique insight into the marketplace and yeah, and that kind of niche. Itself. Oh yeah, most most definitely. Like I'm very opinionated when I deal uh-huh. with companies or invest in companies. I'm, and we always want a uh, an investor that's not hands on. Like we know what we're doing. 
Well, if you look at the stats, not over 90% of all startups fail. Indeed, yes. So you got yes. trillions of dollars going into Smart the toilet. Money. Right, Yeah. just gone. So yeah. what I do is, one, I try to let them know ahead of time, like, hey, if I'm gonna work with you, I'm not gonna like tell you what to do, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna tell you if it stinks, mm -hmm. I might be wrong. Like the pet rock, that made millions of dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't have made that, but they had made money. That's right. You know what I mean? Oh, let's put ramen in a box. Okay, yeah. it worked. You know what I mean? So. Hey, you know, I could be wrong, but at least I'm gonna give you my opinion on what I think could help the company. And I, th I think that kind of smart money is invaluable for startups. Right. All right, last couple questions. What motivates you every day? Oh man, like, you know, as you know, I get up five o'clock in the morning and I go play golf. You and I have met actually <laughs> yeah, on, the, on golf the golf course, course. at 5 in and, the morning. Uh, you know, I'm an avid <laughs> golfer. I play a lot of tournaments. I play a mm -hmm. lot of celebrity tournaments. I get out there because that's where I can think about what I wanna do and no one can bother me. You know, my phone doesn't ring. Yeah. But I'm like I said, I'm Willy Wonka, man. I'm creating every single day. Like my lab is full of 3D printers and mm -hmm. electronics and things. And, you know, I even stream on Twitch from time to time. Neat. You know, my PC company, we build computers live on Twitch, you know, wow. showing kids and showing people how to build PCs and, and do amazing stuff like that. Uh, that leads me perfectly to this next question. So where can our listeners learn more about your work oh, yeah. and uh, or get a hold of you? On Social media is just OG Arabian Prince. Just put OG in front of Arabian Prince. You can find me. My companies are Innovate Next. It's spelled very creatively as a rapper would spell it. <laughs> I-N-O-V, the number eight and next, you know, dot com. That's my website. Or Goat PC, which is triple G. So three Gs. Of course. You can never o -A -T, get too many Gs. Just goat.com with three Gs, which stands uh -huh. for the greatest gaming gear of all time. Love it. All right. Well, Arabian Prince, it's always a pleasure and a privilege to chat with you. Thanks so much for coming out. Yeah, can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah. So this would always say, y'all should have never let me in this building because I ain't ever going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know what? You're welcome to visit us anytime and uh, hang out with us and create stuff and invent stuff. It is a true pleasure getting a chance to chat with you today. Appreciate it. I want to close by thanking the listeners and viewers of Rising Tide Changemakers, our podcast. And I want to encourage you to please subscribe and then tell your friends about us. Finally, to close, I just want to remind you that a rising tide lifts all boats. Thank you very much. Rising Tide Changemakers is a production of UCI Beale Applied Innovation and is recorded here at the OC Talk Radio Studios at The Cove at UCI. This podcast is made possible by associate producer Ethan Perez and producer and sound engineer, yours truly, Paul Roberts. For more information about UCI Beale Applied Innovation, just visit us online at innovation.uci.edu. And as always, any opinions or endorsements expressed on this podcast are those of the host and the guests and do not represent the views of UCI Beale Applied Innovation, the University of California, Irvine, Regents of the University of California, or any other organization associated with this podcast.